Hi there and welcome to the Natural Resources Wales podcast mini-series on flood risk management. My name's Kerry and Gingell and I work here at Natural Resources Wales. In this series you'll hear from the different teams who work together to reduce the risk of flooding to communities in Wales. This will give you a really good overview of what flood risk is, what we're doing to manage it in Wales and what impact the climate emergency is having on flood risk in Wales both now and in the future. and welcome to episode three of the Natural Resources Wales Flood Risk Management mini-series. Today I'm joined by Vicky Greist, who's going to talk to us about natural flood management and nature-based solutions. Welcome and thanks so much for joining us. So to start with, it would be really good to hear a little bit about you, your education or maybe your career path. But, but basically, what's led to you being in this role here with us today? Okay, uh, thanks, Carrie-Anne. Thank you for having me. Um, so I've had quite a varied career path. I studied biology at university and on graduating, I worked as a temporary fisheries assistant with the National Rivers Authority in Cumbria. I then worked in Scotland, Seattle, and I came to Wales in 1997, where I worked for the Environment Agency on science and research. I worked, wow. I worked on um, different water management projects, including fisheries, water quality, water resources and hydropower. Um, I then began a career in flood risk management in uh, 2012 and I started working in the National Flood Risk Strategic Team for Environment Agency Wales and then Natural Resources Wales. So I've been in my current role for 11 years and working on natural flood management for around four of those now. Wow, it's really interesting to hear how people have kind of found their path, but everybody I've spoken to so far has worked abroad at some point. So it's interesting that you mention Seattle. So you've worked across, you know, other parts of the UK, but also in the States and lots of people seem to have gone all over the place. It's uh, it's just an interesting thing to notice. Um, so we'll start with the basics perhaps. And um, last episode, we had Rick Park on talking about coastal adaptation and he obviously then brought in a little bit about climate change. I wonder whether you can tell us a little bit about the nature emergency as well and, and maybe how it links into climate change, if it does. Yes, of course. So the nature emergency and the climate emergency are very linked, um, very strongly linked. And how we respond mm. to one really does affect the other. So the UK State of Nature report shows that around two fifths of the species have declined in the UK in recent decades. And the studies show that climate change, along with other pressures, are accelerating this decline. Okay. But to help <clears throat> tackle climate change, we need nature and we need these healthy ecosystems. So it's really mm-hmm. essential that we do all that we can to reverse this decline in nature, to support action to address the climate emergency. So they are very, very linked. Very linked. Yeah, it sounds like. Okay. So I wonder then if perhaps that naturally leads us into uh, maybe you can give us a bit of an introduction to natural flood management. Sort of tell us what it is and perhaps, you know, why do we need it as well? Of course. So, yes. So one way in which we can help reverse the decline of biodiversity and address the challenges of climate change is through greater use of nature based solutions. So, nature based Mm -hmm. solutions are actions which protect and sustainably manage our ecosystems to address societal challenges. And natural flood management is a nature-based solution to flooding and it aims to use or restore natural features or processes to help address flood risk. Mm. So natural flood management is used across a landscape to protect, restore or mimic the natural functions of catchments, floodplains, rivers and the coast. 
It's a potential approach to help reduce the risk of flooding from rivers, the sea and surface water runoff. Within this this podcast now, I'm only going to talk about inland natural flood management, but you can find out more about nature-based solutions for the coast on our website, which you'll find links to in the in the show notes, I believe. Yeah, that's right. We've got lots of links in there for people to go and have a nose about the work that we do. Great. That's really helpful. Um, so when we when we're thinking about nature-based solutions and considering nature-based solutions and natural flood management, the primary aim really should be to protect or restore the natural functioning of a river catchment as much as possible. Mm. But, but where this isn't possible, we try to use measures or actions to emulate the natural processes for the purposes of reducing flood risk. And these actions aim to perform one or more primary functions which can help support flood risk management. And these are increasing the infiltration of the water, slowing the flow of the water, storing water or holding back sediment. And what we're aiming to do is to reduce or delay the flow of water across a catchment and in doing so reduce the amount of water entering and impacting those areas that are at risk of flooding. Which is of course only a good thing. Definitely, absolutely. So there are different actions, a range of actions which we can use to help achieve this and I'll explain a little bit more about these now. But to reduce flooding, you'll need to use lots of different actions and you need to think about what is most suitable and appropriate for different parts of the catchment, the types of flooding you're seeking to address and the downstream areas affected by the flooding. So I'll talk you through the different actions now and I'll start at the top of the catchment where we can think about upland peatland management and headwater restoration, where in these areas we're really aiming to enhance the peatland, restore the peatland and enhance the headwaters to be able to slow and store water and reduce that runoff lower down in the catchment. Mm. Yeah, so it, it, ideally then it's supposed to sort of keep more of the water at the top and away from the perhaps people and property that are lower down. Absolutely, yes, that's right. Mm. Okay. So then if we think more widely a, a, across a catchment, <clears throat> we can think about things like soil and land management actions And what we're aiming to do here is to restore or enhance the ability of of the land to intercept, evaporate, infiltrate and and store water. And so when we're thinking about these types of actions, we're thinking about changes to farm management practices to create good, healthy soil, reducing compaction and allowing water to infiltrate better into the ground. And so I guess with that, the more water that goes kind of into the ground and kind of is drained and stored in the ground, it's going to be less than that sort of sitting on the surface, building up and up and up and, and then potentially flowing elsewhere as well. That's right. Is that how it works? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. To, to reduce that runoff from the land. So we also have other actions to try to manage that surface water runoff, aiming to slow or divert that, that, those flow pathways across the landscape. And again, encouraging that water to infiltrate back into the ground and again, away from areas of flood risk. And these sorts of things we can do, we can install deflectors or or cross drains on tracks to divert water to the more permeable areas. We can also plant trees and hedges across the hill slopes to intercept surface water as it comes across the land and try to increase the um, uptake of the water and also the infiltration of the water back into the ground. Yeah. But we can further enhance these types of actions by creating storage within those runoff pathways to reduce, again, reduce the amount of water flowing downstream. And these storage areas work by filling up during the rainfall events and then they'll slowly empty, reducing that that flow, that peak of water going down, down the catchment. And these actions can include ponds, swales, which are vegetated channels and also earth burns as well. 
Mm. So there's lots of different things at work there. Yes, definitely. It's about using these different actions in, in combination, really, in, in what the landscape that you're, that you're working in. Now, woodland mm. creation and management is also a really good action for natural food management, as trees are really good at intercepting rainfall, increasing the evaporation of water and also increasing that infiltration into the soil. And another natural flood management action that we use is the use of leaky barriers, which are usually made of wood and they can be used to obstruct flows within a watercourse or they can intercept the flow of water across the land. Now, they work by actually intercepting the water and, and spreading the water out over a wider area to slow the flow. And they're most effective if they're formed naturally or if they're placed or built in a series. So you need more than one of these barriers to work. You, they'll work work much better than just one on its own. And then finally, we can consider larger projects such as river restoration, which aims to restore natural processes and rivers, reintroducing meanders to slow the flow of water and reactivating the floodplains to reconnect the river with its natural floodplain in areas where there is space to do so, away from people and infrastructure and allowing more space for water, which can help alleviate flooding downstream where there might be homes or businesses. So it's again sort of trying to keep that water where there's less people essentially, isn't it? It's trying to keep it in the maybe um, kind of grassier areas, I suppose, perhaps places where there aren't buildings, there aren't people, there aren't schools, there aren't hospitals, that sort of thing. It's, it's that kind of the general gist is that we're trying to just slow that flow of the water so that if it does reach those people in the sort of more populated areas, it's perhaps less of a hazard then. Absolutely, yeah. It's about giving the the river space, the space space for making space for water, um, mm. particularly away from those areas of, of flood risk, as as, you, as you've just suggested there. Yeah. But when we think about these types of natural flood management actions for reducing flooding, scale is really important fact to consider. So, yeah. so the actions that I've talked through could be quite small in terms of the amount of water they're storing. So we need to do a lot when we're considering these actions to help reduce flooding. And these most these approaches are most effective when they're developed around a whole river catchment. They may not work in isolation and they're best used in combination with other actions and activities that we undertake to reduce flood risk. And examples of that would be things like um, using nature-based solutions alongside one or more of our um, traditional hard-engineered flood defence schemes. So sort of using it as a bit of a complementary thing then really, it sort of goes hand in hand maybe, it's not necessarily a standalone thing, but it would help in tandem with maybe some of the more uh, conventional sort of schemes that we've delivered over the years. Yes, absolutely, that's right. So natural flood management doesn't necessarily stop flooding on its own, it's maybe more of a joint effort with other maybe more traditional means of managing that flood risk. That's right. It's it's a useful tool and it should be used alongside a range of other options to reduce the risk and impacts of flooding, such as um, the use of flood walls, embankments, um, our engineered flood defence schemes, as I've already said, and maybe storage yeah. reservoirs as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, and natural flood management complements our other flood risk management activities, some of which um, you can hear about in other episodes of this podcast series, I believe. Um, yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> and Natural Resources Wales are starting to do more um, natural flood management alongside our traditional flood alleviation schemes. We're looking for opportunities to integrate natural flood management within our activities to help increase the resilience to flooding, but also to provide benefits to the environment and to address the challenges of the nature emergency. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's sort of a twofold thing, really, isn't it? It helps perhaps with the um, flood risk management side of things, but it also helps it with you know helps the environment and helps to tackle the climate and the nature emergencies. Absolutely, yes, and and particularly with the, um, around the flooding, we we do need to use all the the tools that we have available, and restoring our landscapes and managing water more sustainably across catchments supports all the work we do to reduce the risk and impacts of flooding to our communities yeah but but natural flood management is still quite an evolving area and we're learning all Mm -hmm. the time so we work with academics and researchers along with key partners such as the environment agency and scottish environment protection agency to understand the latest evidence and how we apply this to our work and it's really important that we're using the best available evidence to support our work and our activities yeah, absolutely. So how can using natural flood management help with the climate and nature emergency? I mean, we've heard a little bit about perhaps helping to increase um, biodiversity and that sort of thing. But what else is there? Yeah, so um, yeah, exactly. So alongside reducing the risk of flooding, the actions that I've talked about and referred to as natural flood management do provide many additional benefits for, for biodiversity. So it's you're cre- we're creating habitat, we're enhancing that biodiversity and we're increasing the resilience of our, of our ecosystems. Mm. And also reducing the runoff of water from the land not only reduces the amount of water entering rivers and streams, but it can also reduce the amount of sediments and pollutants going into the water. And this will have really great benefits for water quality also. And many, yeah. of, many of these actions are also really great for reducing carbon and storing carbon so all these actions are really helping and contributing to, to action to address both the climate and the nature emergency. So again, it's kind of not just one thing. It's lots of little things all working together, isn't it? Yes, definitely. Yes. So what are the opportunities then for natural flood management in Wales? So, yes. Yeah, so in Wales, we have do have lots of opportunity for, for doing natural flood management and I've already, met, I've already mentioned the importance of scale and the need to do lots yeah. of natural flood management across our catchments. And in Wales, over 95% of the land use is classed as agriculture or woodland. So it's a really good opportunity to consider how we can work together to manage our landscapes and catchments, to deliver actions which help sustainably manage our natural resources and increase the resilience of our catchments to climate extremes and reverse the decline of biodiversity. So there's lots of opportunity, but it's also a big challenge, isn't it? So can we in Natural Resources Wales tackle this by ourselves or do we maybe need a bit of help? It is. It is a massive challenge and there is lots to do. And we in NRW certainly can't do this alone. NRW needs to work alongside other flood risk management authorities to reduce the risk and impacts of flooding. But it's not just risk management authorities. We all need to work together together. Our partners, stakeholders and land managers can all play a role. We need a joined up approach. Yeah. We're, we're starting to do some of this already. We're working with the National Trust in the Upper Conway catchment, taking an holistic approach to tackle the effects of climate change and the loss of nature. The project is working with local communities, organisations, landowners and tenants to create better, more joined up habitats, rich in wildlife and resilient to the effects of climate change. So that really is a, a sort of um, a real collaboration. Lots of people working together there to tackle one one goal, really, I suppose. Yeah, it's a really great, really great project. Um, but also the Welsh Government of um, the Welsh Government funded National Peatland Action Programme also works with a range of partners to coordinate action to restore peatlands across Wales. 
So peatlands cover at least 4% of the Welsh landscape and support a rich suite of important habitats and species and deliver a range of other benefits, including regulating water flows, which we touched upon earlier. Yes. They're they're also really great for storing carbon as well. So really delivering those multiple benefits that that we've already talked about. Yeah. Um, But the Welsh Government are also considering how land managers can be supported in the future to deliver actions which help address the climate and nature of emergency through the Future Sustainable Farming Scheme. And this will hopefully provide greater opportunities to work with a wide range of land managers, land managers too. So there's lots going on, but to answer your question as to whether NRW can tackle this alone, we really can't. And we need a joined up approach working across many different sectors and organisations to address these challenges. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it's um, it's a big challenge that we all need to work on really and and I suppose there's even things that people can do individually you know recycling that sort of thing it all helps doesn't it but it's really good to hear all the positive work that's going on in this area and as you say it's it's uh, sort of in its infancy a little bit I suppose hasn't perhaps been um, sort of well established as long as maybe the more hard engineering type Uh, solutions but there's a lot going on isn't there and a lot of um, research going into it as well as you touched upon earlier. Before we wrap up today's episode um, I'd really love to hear what your favourite part of the job is. Do you have a particular part of the work that you find most rewarding? So I do really enjoy my job it's very varied Um, and as you can imagine natural flood management touches on many different aspects of NRW's work And so I get to work with and learn from a huge range of experts within NRW and which is great. And I find it really rewarding to be involved in this area of work for flood risk management. Brilliant. Thanks, Vicky. Um, It's been really lovely talking to you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have any comments or questions, you can contact us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram or by the email address that you can find in the show notes. You'll also find links to our flood risk management pages where you can view some of the things we've talked about here today. Thanks for listening.